What's up, Cal family? It's Rod. I'm on video. I'm live. I don't even know if I'm in focus. But here we are. Uh, I promise I'd give you a video episode. So it took a long time. Let me. <laughs> I, I was going to say something else, but it took a while because I was hoping to do it after a win. It's hard to do it after a big loss, uh, especially after we had so many close losses. Uh, but again, here we are. I don't know. I guess I'll start by saying I didn't think we played our worst basketball against Ole Miss. Uh, I think we played our worst offensive basketball for sure. I think our defense is scrambling. I only have access to, like, use uh, the highlights of the film. So I figured I'd just go through this three-minute recording I have of the highlights and uh, break down the plays that I see uh, because I can share those plays. I, there's a lot of plays I think are more key potentially than these, but these are the plays that they chose. <laughs> but these are the plays that they chose, so these are the ones we got. All right, let's get started here. So first off, from the jump, I was like, bro, this who is this big man? He is so long. Like, wow. And I, and I was thinking, like, every time I played against a big man that size, it's like, there's always so much more to consider when you don't play against someone bigger than you. So my first thought was, how is Amat going to handle playing against someone with that much length? Again, I didn't know anything about Ole Miss except for they were 9-0 before this game started. So the first play of the highlight is the pick and roll uh, on our second or third offensive possession. We started the game with like a bunch of really bad misses. Amat got blocked. And then they came to, down on this fourth or fifth possession after Ole Miss hit a three and ran this pick and roll on the wing. Now, if you look at Cal's spacing, uh, I don't think it's crazy bad, but it's not great. you got two guys sitting in the corner in front of Ole Miss's bench right now. Again, not great, but it's not really the bigger issue here. bigger issue here is that the big man has done a perfect down hedge. Now, this is what, um, when we do play one-on-one, -on -one, what I'd like to see out of anyone we have in that position. But if you see, Amac comes to set this screen, uh, trying to get Jalen Tyson to go to the middle. The problem is, well, for one, his angle of the screen is towards the referee in the upper right corner. That means Jalen Tyson, if he does use that screen, where he has the best chance to get open is towards that referee and not towards the basket. Uh, that's in part because the defender's playing it well. So his only option really is to go down towards the basket. The big man is right there. He's so wide, it's unreal. Tyson has nowhere to go pretty immediately. Now he tries to force something, but now I think our positioning is horrible. Uh, because if there was going to be an outlet pass to that corner, well, there's two guys there. Meaning, as he's double teamed, and I don't think this is perfect defense from Ole Miss going forward, but because there's two guys in the corner, one of these guys could just take AMAC, and this guy could zone up between the two. And that's all well and good, except for when Jalen Tyson is being pressured by a seven-foot-whatever guy, that's a much harder pass to make. So his outlet now is just back to AMAC. 
And this is when it becomes perfect. I, I paused it too early. I said it was imperfect too early. It is perfect defense from Ole Miss because that man who now had to, didn't have to play anybody waits, baits him, and hits a full sprint to intercept this pass. Now, I want to say that in this game, fast breaks were really an issue. Like, getting back on defense was an issue. Ole Miss, every time they got the ball, pushed so hard. Like, make, miss, I don't care. There was so little time to set up defense. And I don't know if it's going to come up here. Maybe I'll try to wait in case it, uh, uh, in case it does come up. But we did go into zone. Uh, and I wasn't too upset with it. Uh, <laughs> but it's hard to set up a zone when a team is pushing that fast. A lot of teams do that to try to beat, especially the other team's big man, down the zone. Letting this play out. So this is just a one-on-one. -on -one. It looks like we're in man. But look at that. Okay, let me take that back. Jalen Cohn's man is just running to the middle of the floor. He's not setting a screen. Jalen Tyson is in a full head turn. I would say most of the Cal Bears are in full head turns towards the ball. I would call that not great because you can't see your man. Uh, that's why a lot of coaches teach like pointing. Because at least if you're doing this, like you obviously can't look at two things at once. But when you're doing this, uh, it's... It's easier, and also, I'm only calling it out because the only person right now who sees their man off the ball is uh, Jalen Cohn, and he doesn't see the ball at all. So really, everyone's in a vulnerable position in some way. Letting it play for a second. Tyson, again, he wasn't screened, uh, is now looking maybe at the ball, maybe at Cohn's man, just to make sure he's like politely getting out of the way. I would say that because no one was looking at the ball and their man at the same time, every single person is now way out of position. The guy driving from the top didn't really get stopped by, uh, is Kennedy three? Uh, who could only manage to get a hand in. His back is fully to his man. This guy could have kicked it to the top of the key for a wide open three as well. Um, Tyson has completely lost his guy. He hasn't moved or turned his head from really that three-foot radius this entire time. Uh, and again, I'm only calling this out because it's it's just what I see when I watch and I'm screaming at the, at the TV. Some of these things are coachable. Some of these things, like, honestly, the way this game started, even with, like, the the way Ole Miss was kind of asserting themselves physically can get people out of their rhythm. Um, but to me, this is just like as bad as I would like on defense because a lot of coaches coach different things. But my philosophy would be on the wing, send the guy to the baseline because A, you have the the baseline as another defender. Can't go past there. He would go into AMAC who was in front of his man. Uh, and if... Tyson didn't turn his head. He would at least see the ball traveling down towards the baseline and flatten out. But instead, the ball goes into the middle almost, I'm not going to say unchecked because, you know, he, he does stop him from getting a layup. But there's so many options, even more so if 11 decides to, to uh, now run through the baseline towards the cow bench because I don't think Cohn would find him. 
So now look at this. This is the first time Jalen Tyson has seen his man since I started this <laughs> this play. <clears throat> now I can sit here and say, "Oh man, he's a bad defender." I'm not. I can't say that. I can just say that when you watch the game and you understand why, or you don't understand why certain plays develop the way they do, or someone just looks slow. It's 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 hardly ever on defense someone's athleticism. Uh, you'll see wildly mismatched athletes guarding guys way outside their zone all the time. Uh, think of Draymond Green. He's not the fastest, strongest, biggest, or anything. What he is is always aware of these things. I'm calling this one out because so many guys were in such weird position that it was an uncontested three. Splash. Now... I like, okay, we got to a zone play. In fact, I might call it after this one because we don't need to just keep watching all the bad things. But I've been on here saying we need to go to zone. Or at least that a zone could be a good uh, changeup. I actually think it was a good changeup in this game. The first few possessions, I think we were in zone. I couldn't tell if we were in zone just after a make or a miss, which is kind of concerning, but I'll get to that in a second. They made some really, really tough shots. In fact, they made the type of shots and types of passes that you have to make to beat a zone. Meaning, if they just miss one or two of those, they might have lost all their confidence. But as such, they made them. And as such, it's a good adjustment to go back and demand or to, to mix it up. And I think that I don't blame just being in zone for the problem. What I blame is the zone. Now, I couldn't tell, part of what I said I would come back to it, but I couldn't tell if we were in man or zone a lot of times simply because our zone was so weird. I, I, as I pause it here, it looks like we're in a 1-3-1, which feels like doing too much. <laughs> I mean, like, a simple 2-3, I don't know. There's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a real answer because there's a lot of reasons you can play this zone. A lot of zones require the big man to do work that they're not accustomed to. So I could see maybe a 1-2-2 two, two being difficult for potentially AMAC, uh, as you'd have to cover the, you know, the high wing. Essentially, as I move my mouse to, like, the, where the coaches are standing, down to the baseline, and into this, like, that would be his zone. In a 2-3, his zone, where I, where I would just go, would start with is a 2-3 is everything here, which is kind of what he was already doing before, which is why I suggested it. They're in a 1-3-1. So as it stands, there's only really a couple possibilities here. AMAC's whole zone will be here to here, baseline to baseline, which I've been there before. It, it sucks. It actually really works well if you have a guy like me. And I don't mean that like in even in the technical sense. I mean in the athletic sense. Because you have to cover so much ground. And you have to be in awesome shape. Because anytime you slip up, someone's going to have to cover you. Now, I haven't let this play out yet. Because I, I want you to see, like, as they were coming down, I was just as confused. Like, is AMAC going to have to cover the baseline? Well, if you do play a 1-3-1 and the big man's on the baseline, the other option is he, like, stunts to the baseline. So just, like, basically steps here to make someone think that he's going to go. But never actually does. And it's this guy's job to get down there and then to force him... Uh, into a baseline drive, like basically cut this off with high hands 
so that you can't pass it back out and your only option is to drive down in. So this guy doesn't have to come all the way, he just stunts. But that means that this guy's zone is now essentially here, here, all the way down to there and down to there. Like, it's a very big zone for wings. Which also means you need wings who really know how to stop the passes from going from one guy to another. You know, we played zones like this in Korea. And essentially, if you can just pass the ball around, it's a really easy zone to beat. But if you can't, because the guys come at the right angles with their hands high, just that second of pump fake can lead to a turnover. And I'm going to let this play out and see where these guys go after this. Okay. Kind of exactly neither of the things I said were options here. The pass went from the wing to the corner, which again triggers that wingman to have to go to the corner. Which I'm aware of. Like, as just watching this third party, I'm like, that's the move. What the move, what move didn't happen is AMAC taking that uh, stunt to the baseline to get to here to make this guy think for a second. All right, so let's see what comes next here. He catches it in the corner. So now we've scrambled. That's actually a really, really good closeout. I couldn't see who it is right now because it's blurry, but that's a really good closeout. That guy had the option to drive. He just didn't take it. In my opinion, uh, if he had, we would have been really blown up. But right now we do have a guy wide open in the middle. We have AMAC zoned up between the two. And we have the other wing dropping down. That's actually pretty good positioning. So then why is Cone coming down from the top back away from like 80% of the court to give up that pass? And it, I guess... It's easy to say, like, oh, man, zone didn't work. I would say that that was, like, a really bad-looking zone to me. One that didn't seem to have a lot of principles of, like, it had great connectivity. It just AMAC's role is just to, like, not move, which makes it much harder for everyone else, especially when that position is, like, directly under the basket. Uh, but... They still had to make three or four good decisions. Like, they could have beat that zone any one of the places I pointed to. In the end, it wasn't the most wide-open shot because Kona is super fast. But it was still an open three. But to get there, they had to make choice after choice after choice versus, at least in the other man-to-man -man version, it's not just a pick-and-roll uh, for an easy bucket. So, I could just still see a world where we win four out of five of those games and the entire feeling is just different um i don't think the feeling is like terrible right now do you it just feels like more like confusing it's like uh it's like you've been giving like the a map to like <laughs> like the labyrinth and you're like man i just can't seem to get, like i just know if i follow it <laughs> just know if we can figure this out uh, maybe I'm still in figure-it-out zone. I don't know. Whatever's happening, we play again tomorrow. Um, I wish the Bears the best. Let me know if you like this video format. It's way more labor-intensive for me, so can't do it all the time. But uh, I do think it's cool to give people like a straight insight into how I watch the game and what I look for. Till next time.